Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, wherein two early 40s curmudgeons stare down the prospect of their entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and the quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me, my friend, my cohort, my co-host, the one, the only, you know him, you love him. From American Caesar Enterprises, Mr. Bill Scurry. Greetings, Bill. You fucking monster. Do not dare spoil The Last Jedi for me. I swear to God, I will reach <laughs> through here and choke Wait, you whoa, to whoa, death. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have not seen it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have. Is that No, true? I haven't. I have not seen it. I, I'm, oh, I'm waiting till Monday Monday evening. We record this on Sunday. I'm, I'm waiting till okay. Monday evening to do this. All right. All right. Well, I see, here's the thing about with me with movies. Like, I never, since, since Batman came out in 1989, I have never felt the need to see a movie on opening night because it's not like the movie changes a week later, right? Mm. I will well, fucking I mean, see no. it without fighting a crowd. Yeah, true. I mean, the thing is, though, is like the nice thing is if you can see movies during the day like I can, then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you can not fight a crowd. You can see it on opening day and pretty much go into a mostly empty theater, which is okay. a win-win. But and I put your this, feet this, up and, you know, stick your hand down your pants. It makes for a much better viewing experience. Well, you know, if you're going to the Pee Wee Herman type <laughs> cinema, yeah, I think you know, you know the experience uh, so. you're looking for. I will tell, and I know people, especially these days with social media, fear spoilers. I'm just gonna say one thing. Two years ago, when um, when The Force Awakens came out, you know, I I waited maybe two weeks to see it because I went to see it with my nephews, and the only spoiler I got, which by the way, I'm not Mister like no spoilers. I I I'm not saying I like spoilers, but I like a little something. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I picked up was, oh, there's a big twist at the end. There's a plot twist. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. And I watched the movie. And I'm waiting for the plot twist. I'm waiting for the plot twist. And I get to the end. I'm like, there was no plot twist. There was and no I plot twist. I'm like, I said, what the hell's the plot twist? They're like, oh, that you know that Adam Driver kills Han Solo. And I'm like, it's not a plot twist. That's like an event. That's like a plot development. It's a like, beat. It's, it's a, a story beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a something happens. Oh, it's a plot twist. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. People don't know anything anymore. Or you know, should so. you should go back. You should back. Would have give them like Aristotle or, or you know Euripides. Yeah, exactly. If they really want to know well, the, the parts of drama. Let them know. Well, Aristotle wrote a great essay about the Star Wars saga on IO9. That's true. I, you know, I shit on that in the comment thread. I, I said that guy doesn't know a fucking thing. <laughs> what the hell does Aristotle know? <laughs> Fuck Aristotle. Fuck Aristotle. Fuck, that's going to be the name of our new podcast. Fuck Aristotle. Hey, Vonnegut, do you read lips? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Vonnegut. And whoever wrote this essay, he clearly knows nothing about Kurt Vonnegut. All right. <laughs> our good, uh, our good, who is that? Our good Sally Kellerman Sally impersonation. Kellerman, yeah. We're going to do the Sally Kellerman fan podcast. So speaking of Sally Kellerman, uh, who are we talking about today? <laughs> well, I think there actually there is, I actually think there is a connection here. Uh, today... I will come right out and say this. Bill, this was your suggestion, and so I'm going to have you tell us the basics. Is an actress, hot actress of the last few years, a rising star in the Hollywood and television firmament. Her name is Aubrey Plaza. Tell us about Aubrey Plaza. Okay, Aubrey Plaza is an American comedic actress born in Delaware, 1984. She's probably still most known for uh, Parks and Rec where she played right. the sullen teenager uh, April Ludgate, introduced very early on. That was her breakthrough role. Was she a role. teenager? Uh, yeah, no, no. She was a high schooler in that one, yeah. I mean, she, really? she wasn't, she, yeah, she wasn't teenage-aged, but she was a high schooler for sure. I mean, but she, the, char- she, the character gets married. 
Eventually, because that show went on for spoiler, seven seasons. Spoiler! Spoiler! Sorry. Spoiler alert. She was a Jedi. Hansa, she killed Han Solo. <laughs> right, well, she, she graduated from Parks and Rec, as, as people would do, and, and I think it was only natural. She was going to try out a feature film career in small little doses. I think between seasons of Parks and Rec, she did uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, which was directed by a guy named Colin Trevorrow, who did the uh, Jurassic World movie. Very small 2012 comedy. I didn't see it, but, um, you know, had pleasant returns. Currently, she is on FX's Legion, which, you know, is a, I would say it's like a maxi-series. That's, I think, a 10-episode thing. So it has the prestige of a film with the regularity of a TV show. And she plays a a supporting cast member in that one. A spoiler alert, a a dead person who's sort of sucked up into the brain of your your mutant uh, lead in that one. So she, wait, she's dead? She's not a real person? She's in his head? She was killed in the pilot. Yeah, uh, he exploded. (laughs) I didn't even finish the pilot. There you go. There you go. I made it like three quarters through. All right, so what else was she in? She she was in the um, the Derek comedy movie Mystery Team, which no one has seen. That was where um, Donald Glover sort of came from. She was in Funny People, the Apatow movie. Yes. She was in Small Small World and Scott Pilgrim. She did a voice yes. in Monsters University for Pixar, Life After Beth, the Stupid Dirty Grandpa movie, the Stupid Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates movie. She was in this direct-to-video thing called Little Hours. Um, and I think maybe the, the biggest feature film platform, her, her bona fide lead, was in the recently released Ingrid Goes West, which I think right. came, came out uh, early summer, that kind of right. thing. It was in uh, August. Yeah, I mean, that really felt to me like Hollywood executives saying, all right, you know, let's let's give this woman a movie and see how she'll fare as a leading woman. From what I gather, the movie, you know, it was in, I mean, especially by 2017 standards, it was a pretty you know, modest movie. From what I gather, it got good reviews. It didn't bomb. So I imagine some executive is going, all right, like, let's do this with this woman again. And we might, we might have an A or at least B list Hollywood actress on our hands. I mean, for, for what it's worth, I watched it for the purpose of this sh- of podcast. But um, when it came out, I was at the theater a lot when it was playing pretty good gangbusters over at Alamo uh, Draft House in Brooklyn. And uh, they had changed their menu. They, they themed their menu to movies that are playing as sort of their feature film for the for the month or something. So they had the Ingrid Goes Chicken Breast Sandwich. They, they had Sorry. like the margarita. They had all these things that were themed to it. Apparently, they, you know, like, the hip and buzzy Alamo was putting their wagons uh, behind that their horse. I, you know, watched it and I thought, I see where this movie, which I'm sure was made for peanuts and had a very small cast. Um, the A-lister was Elizabeth Olsen, who's pretty good. It had uh, Ice Ice Cube's kid, uh, O'Shea Jackson. Oh my God, Jr. he looks exactly like him. I know. It's, it's I mean, like, he looks like a fucking Ice Cube clone. Um, Ingrid Goes West, I, like I said, I understand why they wanted to make it. It doesn't work. Um it's, and actually, it doesn't work because of her. You know, uh, you asked me why, before we went right. hot on the mics, why I wanted to do this is because we're going to see a lot of her. She is, um, I think that you very sagaciously termed it, somebody who's like, they're they're testing out the, the leading ladiness of her. And whatever that right. means in, right. in today's day and age, whoever can sustain a career in a narrow little lane, there's no reason to think that... Um, they wouldn't try her out for sure, especially because everybody already knows who she is. She was on a TV show for seven seasons or uh, however long it ran. Let's check this out. Let's kick the tires on this at the beginning of it, even though it's not the beginning. She's already sort of rolling. Also, I watched Parks and Rec. I mean, I was I watched every single episode of it and enjoyed her at the beginning and very much recognized that she was working the sullen teenager angle. I, yeah. I, I know I can give you the exact origin 
not not knowing anything but a hunch is that when she was at the UCB, right, the Upright Citizens Brigade, she yes. perfected this character. She had the voice down. She everyone who goes to UCB makes a portfolio of characters that they work on, right? There's this, yep. Right? I mean, that's great. That's great. You know, everyone who does comedy on a professional or semi-professional level needs to have a a valise full of voices and characters. And so the sullen teenager was the one for her that she rode like a rocket. She knew exactly how to do it. I'm sure she got laughs from day one. I'm sure they knew how to incorporate it into every sketch, every Harold, every Maud, every, everything that she did at the UCB. She knew how to punch that in there. And she aced it. She absolutely knew how to do the voice. And she did it on a web series called The Jeannie Tate Show. came out in 2007 or 2008. It was written by Bill Hader's wife. You know, and it's like it's obvious that she was this buzzy talent they wanted to pick up. And, you know, she graduated from the UCB to these small things very quickly because she was part of that NBC First Look program, you know, where they get a chance to option people right out of UCB. Parks and Rec became this natural, obvious fit for her. Just pretty much put the drop the teenager in there and they'll, they'll make some gravy around her. Very much the same way Aziz Ansari who we talked about a couple episodes ago. But his character that he came into Parks and Recreation was this uh, slick, uh, social media using, very self-absorbed scenester. And that was his his image from stand-up that he cultivated, and they knew how to write for it. So they brought in Aziz doing one thing, they brought in Aubrey doing another thing, and they managed to really make it work for a number of seasons. Again, we did the Aziz episode where, you know, Aziz is trying to break out from that and seem like I'm not just this one little sliver that I've given you for so many years. And I, th- I think Aubrey Plaza is trying to do the same thing, too. She's trying to not seem like this one little narrow right. performance, this sketch performance from the UCB over and over again, which is why she's picking all these movies that have right. different range, whether right. it's right. Dirty Grandpa or, you know, but Ingrid Goes West is the, is the chance for her to play every single phase of the human experience and give right. a, a well-lived you know broad human performance I, I will say to your point there while i didn't finish the pilot of legion because i hated it one thing i appreciated was that having watched her on parks and rec i, I think she she played the character well but oh, it's yeah, a very yeah. in my mind basic character mm-hmm. it's a bit of a modern cliche it's it's I, I, i'm trying to think of a name for it like i it's it's not the manic pixie dream girl at all, but I feel like there should be a similar title for that it's, character. It's, it's like, like Dar- it's like Daria, you know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly it's 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 the later version of Daria. Exactly. What I liked about her in Legion is she was playing something very different. I mean, still yeah. crazy, well, crazy. So she was playing something very different to the point where, like, I didn't recognize her at first. I, I while I really didn't like the show, I appreciated that she was trying and succeeding at playing something different. So she clearly. She's not like resting on her laurels and going, I'll do my Parks and Rec UCB character and ride that to the moon the way I hate to rag on her, but that's my problem with Amy Schumer. I think Amy Schumer just plays the same character over and over again to mention someone else who comes out of that firmament. So yeah, I I appreciate that she seems to be a serious performer in that she wants to do different stuff. She wants to be an actor and she doesn't just want to be a scenester. And and again, getting back to Aziz Ansari, my impression with him was he just wanted to be a scenester and Master of None changed my mind about that because I think it's an exceptionally intelligent show. You know, he, he still doesn't strike me as the greatest actor in the world, but he clearly cares about creating something thoughtful and intelligent. I think she does too. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you opened the door because I kind of feel like it's the the writ, the the proviso of every comedian today, where they feel like they have the um, tacit approval to 
to beat down a dramatic career. This is just something that we're dealing with. Now, it happened once every, you know, blue moon back 30 years ago where Robin Williams would cross over to do something yeah. dramatic. But then Tom Hanks wins two Oscars two years in a row for playing a mentally deficient guy and a guy with AIDS. And suddenly, you know, the the wackiest comedian of the 80s is the most honored drama star. And now every wacky comedian. And Jim Carrey's trying to do serious movies and Will Ferrell's trying to do serious movies. Yeah. yeah. You, you are, you know, they say comedy is harder than drama, which I think is true. But, you know, in our society, you are not, quote, serious until you do something serious. You know, preferably you play someone who's dying or insane. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> or, or, or from Boston. Yeah, or from Boston. Dying <laughs> insane or from Boston. So that, see, when I win an Oscar, it's going to be, I play a crazy a crazy guy with, uh, uh, with leukemia who lives in Somerville, Massachusetts. It's, That's my role. That an actor is going to beat down a dramatic career seems to be now the, the uh, pretty much... The post-Louis C.K. type thing. Right. For whatever reason, this is where we are. And, you know, again, I I think that she's got something going on. I think that she's worked in a narrow little lane so far and had a great deal of success with it. You know, like she's not completely unknown. Right. Feeling like Ingrid Goes West was her in the right movie five years early. Now, she she couldn't have played the movie five years from now because she would have been too old for it, I think. Um, you could even make the case that she was too old for it now. You know, the type of personality that you were thinking. You know, in a sense, it's the story of this unhinged woman who goes right. from a medical hospitalization. She right. re- she restarts her life in California, but winds up cyber-stalking somebody, an influencer, right. Right. and essentially wants to eat her alive. It's almost like a more toothless version of, of a single white female. Single white female was very 90s and not a comedy. This is more, you know, sad comedy uh uh, Little Miss Sunshine level of humor kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, uh, since no one's going to see this, you know, the uh, the ending really pulls its punch. Uh, seriously, the ending really pulls its punch, and you figure that the story is going someplace dark and definite. And, and but and short, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't. No one kills Han Solo. So no one. Kill, no, there's no plot twist of killing Han Solo. <laughs> and it's like, well, that, I try. I blame the creators for that. It's like there's a version yeah. of the script somewhere with a different 15 pages at the end than the one we got, and that's not her fault. But I think they realized, well, you just can't handle that. You know, that's just the kind of thing she's not going to be able to land. Um, to go right. so dark to, like, venture into suicide, which, you know, that it does. There's a suicide attempt at the end. But then it immediately pulls his punch. And it's like, well, what, what message are you giving here? Is, is this the big stuff or is this the little stuff? I don't quite know. Right. Overall, I, th- I feel like she is exactly who we're going to get more of. And I'm not complaining about that. But I just right. feel like this is the this is a bellwether for – the type of actress who's entering mid-level Netflix right. Americana. You know, this, there's a lot of jobs open for people like her, for sure. She, you know, I mean, this is why I asked you, like, why did you want to pick this topic? Because I just don't think, and this is the connection to Sally Kellerman, although, you know, Sally, no one, I don't think anyone built a movie around Sally Kellerman ever. It's just, she's fine. I mean, she's an actress. She's talented. She appears to work hard. You know, I don't have a problem with her success because she is talented and, you know, I, I'm perfectly happy with her being considered, you know, if she wins an Oscar in five years, I'm, I'm not going to go, geez, we've lowered our standards. I just feel there's nothing remarkable about her. Although I get your point, she seems emblematic of the time. Hey, what if I threw together a pet adoption in one of our parks? Would that be cool? April? That would be the coolest thing since NSYNC, Aerosmith, and Nelly performed together at the Super Bowl halftime show. Ew. I think I may have found a project I'd actually enjoy doing. Helping these cats and dogs. 
They should be rewarded for not being people. I hate people. Now we get to the question of why is it popular? And I think she's someone's dream girl. She's a form of a modern dream girl. She's the, you know, something I've complained about. Ah, interesting. I talked about, when we talked about Riverdale, I complained about this. And I don't think it's a new phenomenon. But there seems to be an understanding among a lot of media that a cool person, particularly a cool woman, is mean. That a mean, dismissive, too cool for school woman, that is a tough woman or cool woman. Uh, admirable, powerful women you look up to are just jerks, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I don't think that's true in real life. So while I don't think her character is that jerky, um, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's a simplistic thing. She's talented. She's funny. She's cute. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think a lot of people are going to recognize her. And again, you're going to see it. Like I said, you're going to see a lot of her. There's nothing to complain about, but there's also not a lot to cavil about. I feel like only the, the savviest casting expert is going to look at a role and say, ah, oh, I know who can do this. Well, but but it's, it's hard in Hollywood these days, and it's especially hard for women. You know, I mean, you see this. An Oscar nomination doesn't mean you're not going to do shitty movies for another 30 years. That's yeah. true. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, especially an Oscar, nom not just like a stunt Oscar nomination, but like when you're anointed, I really feel like yeah. uh, uh, Anna Kendrick was anointed. I mean, not again, we're off topic here. Yeah, I mean, in Arby Plaza hasn't quite gotten that level of being anointed, but she's still right. showing up on a lot of things. Now, if I had to claim why she's popular, I think he did a pretty good job of explaining something. I do like the idea that's like, well, yes, there, there is a certain, a certain beautiful standard about what she does and that she is able to be the sullen, right, what Whatever version of that thing she has, the way Zoe Deschanel played the manic pixie dream girl, oh, she plays God. the sullen, sardonic person really well, and she's really attractive, and she looks like the apotheosis of that thing. And here's here's the exact distinction, the sort of existential distinction to me, is that she is, to me, the very definition of a character actor in 2017. Yes. Sally Kellerman, thank you. Sally Kellerman. She should be doing character acting. I mean, until she proves that she's got a different gear there are other actors i'm going to think of first for broader roles that are going to be able to you know again the things that ingrid goes west required of its lead she just wasn't able to build the world the interior world of that character who is so sad and so empty like like sammy glick from what makes sammy run it's like why is this person doing what they're doing i don't want the script to tell me i want the eyes to tell me i want the face i want the behavior to tell me and she just show don't tell show don't tell. yeah and she just wasn't capable of doing that like i said yeah. maybe five years from now she'll have that thing aced maybe she'll get it but it's like for right now let's stick to the character roles like uh, lenny in in, in legion and april right. Ludgate. Let's move on to the next yeah. version of that where, you know, I just, I, I, I just, I'm more interested in character actors anyway. I, I love character actors. I feel like that's the cornerstone of the business. Those yep. are people who don't get nearly, yep. especially female character actors, don't get nearly enough love uh, from anybody. Yep. They don't get nearly enough employment either. I, I was impressed with her in Legion in that she's at least trying to show range. So I think she could grow into this certainly. And again, I will not be surprised if she wins an Oscar in five years and mm -hmm. I mean, if she turns out to be the greatest actress of her generation, it's not the most shocking thing I can think of. But, yeah, she's, she, for now, she's a utility player. Dude, you know what? You are always cramping our style, okay? Uh, I didn't realize you guys had a style like a cramp. What is your style? Um, head sits so. Head sits uh, so. I'm dope. I'm dope. Are you having a stroke? Okay, straight up, you never listen to my ideas on how to drum a business in this 
This isn't Shark Tank. Your job is to greet people. You greet people. Walk them to the table. You walk them to the table. Give them menus. You give them the menu. And then shake your You shake your That's it. And that's it. I want to talk to young Noah Tarnow. Can you put him on the phone? <laughs> I would like to know if he would like Aubrey Plaza. If he, what does that kid think? Uh, he, he would have liked Parks and Rec. Uh, you know, he wasn't into actresses. Um, so it's not like he would have like considered himself an Aubrey Plaza fan. Yeah, he would have thought she's fine. He wouldn't have much of an opinion about her. I don't think he'd be hot for her the way he was, you know, like all teenage boys are hot for certain actresses. Again, I think he would have had even less of an opinion. Not that I have no opinion of her. It's just she doesn't really stir me one way or another now. And I think she would have stirred, you know, teenage Noah even less. Mm-hmm. Right? So there you go. Uh, interesting. I think I would have... Um... I would have been definitely uh, the, the physical appeal of a dark-eyed, long, br- long-haired brunette with a sort of sour mood. Yeah. You know, yeah, it would have looked very appealing to me, and she would have gotten the door with that for sure. Now, the question is, what I have enjoyed <laughs> the, she- the door. What does the door mean in this case? But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like it, would that have bought me into seeing uh, all the other shitty movies she made? Well, no. But even, but I wasn't doing that in the '90s. I wasn't like completing the list of every single actor or actress who I was semi-interested in when I was a kid. I just It was somebody who was on the radar, like, oh, yeah, now I'm aware of them. I would have cataloged her for sure. I would not have, like, been driven to go see these things. I think for the same reasons that today I see today. It's just that it's not the kind of depth, it's not the kind of broad platform of an actor. A couple of ground rules, okay? Okay. I need you to tell everyone that you're my boyfriend. It's a long story, but I just need you to no, 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 say no, no, that I get to it. everyone. And I see that you dig me. I dig you. I'll be your boyfriend. I'll be your boyfriend. Okay, whatever. Um, and also, no Batman talk. What am I supposed to talk about? I don't know these people. Something cool, like food or clothes or Joan Didion. Is she a sign of the apocalypse? I don't think she's a sign of the apocalypse. Um, no, I mean, I, I no, I think that's way too strong. You know, like, why her? I think it's, you know, you're, you're I don't want to say your bewilderment, but the questioning of... What does she like? Why did I pick her? What does she say about movies today? What's the deal with her being uh, representative or emblematic of, of of the of the business? And you know the, how hard it is for actresses to get to get by. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I feel like it's <laughs> it's it is a sign of the times that this is the kind of uh, actor who the business is peopled with at the moment. You know, someone who's non-conventional, still attractive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But non-conventional and who didn't exactly like Meisner their way into business the way you, right. you once might have. But but isn't that a good thing? Uh, I think it's a good thing because it's definitely more egalitarian. And again, you could right. you could chalk that up to the fact that you have twice as many jobs in the comedy space than you did seven or eight years ago. Absolutely. Just because of just because of Hulu, just because of Netflix, yeah. just because of all these. In all the movies, just because of just because of YouTube, and if there weren't those unorthodox ways to get into comedy, you might not have De- um, Donald Glover today, and likewise, you might not have her. And so it is good; it is good. But I also feel like sometimes you, I crave a classic back- background with my actors. You know, there's a reason why she's not as good as like Rooney Mara, for instance. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. the two of them are the same thing, but if you squint. 
you might think, okay, here's a small, slender woman with dark hair and right, kind of right. heavy, you know, heavy eyes. So, so why is Rooney Mara better? In your mind. Rooney Mara, I think, probably has more training. There's just something more innate she understands about being open on film. Uh, okay. you, can't, you can't argue with the roles that she's gotten. I mean, you know, look, Aubrey Plaza was not in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Aubrey Plaza was not in Carol. She wasn't there to show you the depth of what she can. And, and, and Rooney Mara was obviously okay to do those things. She was, you know, got to tap to do those things. And then when she was put in them, she performed admirably. So it was like fait accompli. Right. I would not have wanted to see Aubrey Plaza in Song to Song, the Terrence Malick movie that Rooney Mara was in, and and, and acquitted herself. Well, but in. but I don't know. I mean, I've seen enough from Aubrey Plaza to think maybe she'd rise to that occasion. Hey, you know what? Maybe my inclination is to say no, which is why I fall back on the character actor thing. I don't think she's a sign of the apocalypse because the you know she 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 has earned it as much as most people earn it. She's talented. She seems to work hard. She seems to care. You know, there's there's no apocalypse here. You know, I mean, I, I I complain on and on and on about people who I think are endlessly mediocre, who are held up as the gold standard. You know, we talked about Adam Levine. We talked about Lana Del Rey and, you know, people like that who I just think are at best OK. And like people talk about them like they're freaking, you know, artists for the ages. And that, I think, is a sign of the apocalypse. Aubrey Plaza, not at all. She's an actress. She's good. She's fine. Give yeah. her roles. Talented. You know, let's see where she goes. The director who's British, Dan Mazur, who uh, is awesome and I loved him, he, uh, you know, it was a little bit of like, we didn't totally plan out the scene. We didn't know how it was going to go down. So there was a lot of of like moments where, you know, Dan would call me over and he, he'd be like, in the next take, uh, Aubrey, why don't you uh, suck on his nipples? Try that. <laughs> and I'd be like, you want me to uh, do a Robert De Niro? And then he'd be like, yeah, suck on his nipples. And then I would go and I'd try to do it and I'd try to get in there and uh, suck on his nipples. And he was like batting me away and I didn't know <laughs> if it was like in character or not because you never, you know, you never know. Right, yeah, it was fun. And, um, and then they, they cut the camera and then uh, Dan called me back and he's like, Bob does not like his nipple area paid attention to. Uh, so don't do that. So is your dislike of Aubrey Plaza, as you've delineated it in a carefully structured <laughs> argument without yeah. any holes, yeah. is, that, is that based in jealousy or envy? Well, I will say this about my feelings about Aubrey Plaza. I think my answer to this question, if I may say so myself, shows a sign of maturity. Because <laughs> while I don't have any hatred for Aubrey Plaza, I kind of like her, but don't really care. Uh, I am very jealous of her. Um, for many reasons we talked about on this show before. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a funny person. I wanted to be a comedian. I mean, more to the point, I tried to get in with the, you know, you, you threw around UCB a lot. Um, if, in case anyone doesn't know, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater is based in New York. They have another location in LA and it's sort of the number one training ground for improv and comedy. And a lot of famous people got their start there. And, you know, it's a launching pad to SNL and other places. And I took classes there and I kissed a little ass there and they did not want me. I mean, I was the improv guy in college. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to New York to be a star. And fuck it. They had no use for me. So that hurt a little, right? I dreamed of being in a group and being able to whip out characters. And I mean, I have a little stable of characters in my college improv group. No one cared but me, but I had it in my head. So yeah. the fact that I tried to get into this world that she used as a launching pad and they just had no use for me, you know, I mean, I'm over it. It's years later, but there's a part of it that still stings. So I'm jealous of that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, again, if I may say so, shows maturity that I can have these jealous feelings for her. I wish I had made it in UCB. I wish I was dating a girl like her, but I, could, I still don't hold a grudge against her. I still think, you know, good on her. She's earned it. She works hard. I hope she turns out to be the kind of actress that I think maybe she could be. What I didn't kind of connect the dot on here is that the fact that she comes out of UCB and goes to Parks and Rec... Yeah, that leads to the Amy Poehler connection. I feel like she was blessed by Amy Poehler, who well, Amy and Amy Poehler, by the way, one of the founders of UCB. If anyone yeah, yeah. doesn't know that, yeah, um, and obviously the most well known of them for sure. Um, she's the face of UCB now, uh, without a doubt. She got more power as things went on. You know, her SNL experience was um, was big, and she kind of rewrote the show for her, and her her skill was evident. And her power as an executive producer on Parks and Rec gave her the ability to find people like uh, Arby Plaza. I think that it's a sign of everything that goes right when, first of all, Amy Poehler can call the shots on her own series, and she's able to scout for talent from her own theater. And she blesses Aubrey Plaza and says, you're ready for the call up into the big leagues. And that's why... Uh, you know, like working through this, I, I kind of forgot that there was this element to it, which to me speaks a lot of a lot speaks a lot for how well things can run if the right people are deputized to do the you know job right. that they're asked to do. And she's you know she's the beneficiary of that. Again, ten years earlier, she probably wouldn't have been anywhere near these kind of things. But with with somebody like uh, Amy Poehler running a school, running a training factory. She could pluck the right people for the right jobs. So I'm not I'm not jealous of her and of anything. I I think that that in particular is a bellwether of good health for the organism. <laughs> On that note, good yes. health for the or bellwether of good health for the organism. That's that is one of podcast. my favorite King Crimson albums. <laughs> if you would like to find past episodes. Of our show, the one you're listening to now, yes. that are not this episode, look on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet yes. to us, sweet nothings, whisper in our ears, at Noah and Bill Show. Yes. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it, at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast. Go to iTunes, give us a review. Please, give, it, give us give a us, review on iTunes. Give us a reason to wake up every morning and not yes. eye that, that, that bottle of pills wantingly. <laughs> oh, man. I am on Twitter <laughs> at William Scurry. I am on YouTube at AM Caesar. And my buddy will say words. I am at Noah Tarno on Twitter. More importantly, I am at Big Quiz Thing on Twitter. BigQuizThing.com. That's my... The by finest, the way, that's yeah, my, the finest in neckwear since 1982. That, by the way, I, you, want, you want to know an easy way to piss me off? Someone did this the other day. Yes, that's my real job, okay? I run a company that does quiz shows. <laughs> oh, man. We do okay. quiz shows for corporate events and private parties. Yes, that's my actual... Don't say, yeah, but what's your real job? That's my job, okay? It's a, a job. What a dickhole. That's I crazy. Uh, actually, it's fine. Uh, yeah, bigquizthing.com. Uh, hire us for trivia events, trivia services of all kinds, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy. And uh, yeah, PR for a disaster for your company as well. That's what you guess. Yes. So until the next installment where we look into King Crimson, I don't get it. Goodbye. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.